Feedback. So we all provide it, right? Part of the job, it's inherent in the role that as a leader of a school, you're going to provide feedback in many different forms to your staff. How do you want it to land? What do you hope that the feedback inspires in your people? And what do you do when the feedback doesn't go so well? For example, one of my guests today provided some feedback for a certain teacher who ended up crying and leaving his office. What's going on there? And if you understood what was happening there, would you change your approach? Now, keep in mind that story along with a promise. What if in just five minutes a day, that's right, just five minutes of intentional reflection and digging into exercises, you could level up your impact, your influence, your ability to inspire your community. Would you do it? Well, the good news is that it's totally possible. And in today's show, we're going to unpack exactly how to do that. I have the authors of The Daily SEL Leader joining me today, Dr. James Bailey and Randy Weiner from Brass Tax Innovations. And we have an awesome conversation. I'm so excited about their book and super pumped to bring this episode to the Ruckus Maker Nation. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Apply now for our February 2022 cohort at slash Harvard. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Gutierrez using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. All right, today I'm joined by two ruckus makers, which is uh, pretty fun. You get a, a two-for-one sort of bonus <laughs> shot in the arm today and motivation. And I have Randy Weiner and James Bailey joining me on the podcast. Randy's worked in education, ed tech, and consulting throughout his career. In 2012, he co-founded and served as the chairman of the board at Urban Montessori Charter School in Oakland, California, the nation's first public Montessori Arts Integration and Design Thinking School. Randy's also a co-founder and CEO at BrainQuake, a three-time U.S. Department of Ed Small Business Innovation Award winner. Although with his Brass Tax Innovations Consulting firm partner, Dr. James Bailey, Randy co-authored the Daily SEL Leader, 
a guided journal published in March 21 by Corwin Press. A Teach for America alum and father to two daughters, Randy taught for five years in Oakland and Madagascar and holds two bachelors from Middlebury College and a master's in education from Stanford. Now, Dr. James Bailey's career has encompassed teacher, principal, school turnaround, principal consultant, and superintendent roles spanning Texas, Colorado, and Wyoming. As superintendent in Wyoming, his district was the first member in the state to join the League of Innovative Schools after reform efforts around personalized learning and social-emotional development. In San Antonio, he led the turnaround efforts for the Carpe Diem schools. His deep-seated commitment to equity and supporting school leaders led to him training as an executive coach and co-founding Brass Tax Innovations focused on adult SEL development, school redesign, and the use of improvement and implementation science to help all schools and learners meet the demands of our emerging society. James is also an advocate for helping leaders and young people become more self-aware of their social and emotional needs and develop the skills to work with others on a more human level. James has a PhD in ed leadership and innovation, is a prolific publisher and presenter and serves as a core faculty member at Walden University in the areas of ed leadership. And like we mentioned in Randy's bio, James recently published a book with him, The Daily SEL Leader, A Guided Journal. I've uh, read that book. I was telling the guys I, I paid it forward and gave it away to a local school principal. It is an awesome, practical, hands-on uh, resource. And I highly, highly encourage all ruckus makers listening to uh, pick up The Daily SEL Leader. With all of that said, Randy and James, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, Danny, it's great to be here. All right. So the first question, of course, you two can interrupt each other and jump in at any time. Uh, but I'm going to throw this one over to James. You know, you, you were talking in our pre-chat about uh, laboratory day, days and uh, that it was the holy grail of leadership. And you started to give this you know, feedback to a teacher and she broke down in your presence and left the room. Can you bring us to that moment? Yeah. So back when I was a superintendent, we, we had some pretty interesting uh, models of professional development. And we had what we had uh, known as, as resident teachers, and they were our experts. And we basically would get together. We'd pull teachers from all over the district um, around some problem of practice. Uh, we use that teacher's uh, classroom as kind of the laboratory the teacher basically would start with the lesson plan, but it was sort of up for grabs. We would, you know, we would teach part of it. We would, um, you know, uh, modify and edit part of it. And so this particular day, uh, we were at one of the elementary schools. The teacher brought in the lesson, uh, went through it. Uh, she sounded pretty confident in it. And me being me, just started to say, well, what if we did this? Or what if we did this? And everyone started to chip in. All of a sudden, she just started tearing up and crying and just got up and left the classroom. And at the time, I was like, you know, what's the, what's the big problem here? You know, that's part, of the, that's part of the role. And at that point, you know, reflecting back, you know, a few years, um, I can really see that that probably was a lack of social and emotional skills. There should have been a lot more, you know, uh, steering around, you know, how do we really talk about those particular issues? How do we 
hold sacred the work that, you know, that teacher did, but, you know, help to improve. And I think that's one of the tough balances because we always want to get better, but we also never want to step on, on people's toes. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And, you know, knowing what you know now, I'm sure you would have uh, approached it much differently. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, for the ruckus maker listening, who's obviously providing a lot of feedback to his or her uh, teachers and faculty, all that kind of thing. What What's maybe the biggest lesson you learned and how you might change the approach? Well, I think I, I think definitely coming at it from a more empathetic view of the world. Uh, you know, I know that she had worked long and hard about it. It made sense to her. And rather than, you know, trying to overpower it and saying, well, I think it should work this way, you know, from a, from a cognitive level, I think I probably would have um, used empathy a lot more to really think about, you know, hey, let's try it. Let's see what happens. Um, let's determine that together and, and figure it out. So I definitely, I think people who are better at leading with with the social emotional skills tend to uh, get a lot more uh, imp- impact uh, and influence in, in their leadership. You know, just to just to add to that, if if I if I may, right, that you know, in the in the language of SEL competencies, there's a lot of self-awareness and social awareness that also is is at play here, right? So feedback is all it can often be a fraught experience for both sides. Right. And James sort of just spoke to that. And it's even more complicated than that when that feedback is taking across any kind of difference. And so being mindful of that as a, as a ruckus maker, what are the additional complexities, the additional social or personal dynamics, both within yourself and within the other person and between the two of you that are certain to be present when someone in power is sharing something with someone who does not have the same power may open up the time and space to think even more deeply about how to make that a productive, more safe rather than less safe space where the intention of supporting the teacher, let's assume that that's the case, that's probably not always the case, but let's assume it's the case, can actually come to fruition. And I'm wondering, you know, Randy, I don't know if you can, but can you can you role play that out a little bit? Say you have a, some kind of uh, feedback you're going to offer someone on the faculty in like 15 minutes or so. I'm trying to think in the, of the mind of, of of the ruckus maker listening, who is obviously very busy, right? I'm I'm putting words into their mouth, but want to show up, yeah, yeah. give the feedback, feedbacks received, improve, you know, the teacher's craft. What you're what you're sharing, I think, is right, and I think it's incredibly intentional and takes a you know obviously takes some uh, thought. Uh, to put into it. So what what would that look like as you're preparing, you know, for a feedback session to make it, you know, a safe, safe space? Well, so, so first I want to be clear that in in my own opinion, safe space is not the goal. There are for, for certain folks across difference. And I'll just speak as if, if I were a white leader, I would definitely not assume that I could make, for example, a black woman feel safe in 15 minutes, right? Or even in a school year or 10 years of relationship, right? I will aspire to demonstrate that I'm doing what I can 
to contribute to that, but I am not going to assume that I am capable of doing that or that that's necessarily even something that the teacher expects or needs in order to be effective. And so that's, I think, important to just note that folks may agree, may disagree. You know, I think this is this is a really important question because we could answer it in a lot of different ways. But the, the way that I'm going to start, and I bet James will build on this, is the most important takeaway I think here is 15 minutes is plenty of time, right? That we can let go of the notion that that's not enough. Is it ideal? No. But in 15 minutes, it is possible to take a deep breath and make a choice to see the person you're going to be speaking with before you see them and ask yourself, am I clear on the differences, the sensitivities, the power dynamics between us? Am I clear on how I show up and reflect that awareness? Do I have any insight into how my teacher sees these things? And depending upon the answers to those questions, as the leader, I might tailor my feedback to be a lot more answer-seeking rather than directed, right? I might ask questions that allow the teacher to help fill in some of the gaps because it's entirely possible that I didn't see the experience the teacher had when, for example, I was conducting my observation. There could be lots of things that may have been going on that were not visible. And it might be useful to check on that because if it turns out that the teacher had just received some horrible news minutes before that lesson and the observation as a result didn't go well, but I don't take the time to contemplate that that may have contributed to what I otherwise would have viewed as a subpar performance, that's an opportunity to do a whole heck of a lot of unnecessary damage instead of an opportunity to build a deeper, more empathetic, potentially more trusting relationship. And the only thing I would add on top of that is that um, I, I would want leaders to really understand that any context and any situation in which they enter is a social and emotional context. Whether you're dealing with a group, whether you're dealing with an individual teacher, whether you're dealing with a student, a, a parent, um, every one of those situations has a social emotional aspect to it. So I would want to make sure that instead of leading with, you know, what was right or wrong with the lesson, the cognitive aspect, I would also want leaders to really understand that by being the leader, uh, people are going to feel a status differential and they're going to feel a little more uncertain. And whatever techniques that they can use to um, bring up the status and certainty of that individual so that you can actually get to the lesson um, at the start is going to be much more powerful uh, and a better experience for that teacher. Yeah, well, I appreciate, you know, just setting the stage that uh, every context is social emotional, right? It's integrated into the fabric of our being. So it's not something you add on. It's already there. So yeah. you either recognize that or you don't. Uh, and then what Randy, you know, the epiphany for me too, when we are in a classroom observing, then hopefully providing feedback that helps the teacher level up. Uh, often you think of yourself maybe as the expert, right? In that, that, and you are, and you are providing a great service because you're able to see things that the teacher doesn't see as in your role as the observer. But what you highlighted for me is, whoa, what might that teacher see that I don't see 
as the observer, like, holy smokes, that that actually is a game changer for me. So I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I, it, it remind, I know I know how much you like you like stories and just you, you okay. saying it back that way reminds me of the very first time that I went scuba diving and when the ocean changed from being a surface to an entire world. Mm. Right. And I think we all. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put some emphasis here. I think we choose to see people at the surface level and not more deeply. And I think for leaders in particular, and this is really what drove James and me to create the particular book that we produced, why we designed what we designed was to really try to take off the table, the excuse of a lack of time. Mm-hmm. The book isn't going to solve everyone's problems overnight or maybe ever. But five minutes, which is what leaders told us was all they were willing to do on a daily basis, leaders have five minutes. And it's a choice, it's a use of power to invest in developing these skills in oneself or not. And if you, if you can buy into, if you really believe that everyone's an ocean and not a surface, right? It's not about how well you're seeing them. It's about understanding you're not seeing them as well as you could. And that doesn't make you a horrible person. It makes you a work in progress, which is what we all are. Right. And are you willing to do the work? So I appreciate that. And, you know, there's research too out of uh, Talent Smart who did uh, emotion, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Basically, they found surveying, you know, half a million leaders that essentially three quarters have no idea what's going on in their internal being. And that that yeah. means, right, there's that famous uh, saying that the emotional tail wags the, ra- you know, <laughs> wags the rational dog. Like your emotions are influencing all of you. Are, are, are you willing to see that or not? Are you willing to do the work? to not only make yourself better, but to develop those relationships and that kind of thing. And the last thing I'll say too about Talent Smart's research is that it pays to develop these skills that James and Randy are teaching you. You actually will be a more effective leader, have more influence, inspire, impact. And uh, in organizations, usually the top earners are also the highest in terms of emotional intelligence. So these are things like <laughs> you need to do for sure. Um, with that said, I think we're going to take a quick pause for a message from our sponsors. When we get back, I want to connect with James because you've identified that there is a knowing doing gap. And Randy's just talking about how we all have five minutes and this is very practical, which is a big reason I love the book that you put out so much. So uh, we'll, we'll be back on that topic in just a second. Learn the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community with Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership, a joint collaboration between the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Business School. Connect and collaborate with fellow school leaders as you address your problems of practice in our online professional development program. Apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Are you automatically tracking online student participation data during COVID? Innovative school leaders across the country have started tracking online student participation using TeachFX because it's one of the most powerful ways to improve student outcomes during COVID, especially for English learners and students of color. 
Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, and we're back with Randy Weiner and Dr. James Bailey. We're talking their awesome new book. Again, I cannot emphasize enough. Pick it up. I've gone through it. I gave it away. I loved it so much because uh, I know it's going to inspire Antonio if you're listening. That's who That's who specifically got it. That's the principal in Syracuse. Uh, but the Daily SEL Leader is like awesome. And, and to be quite frank, usually I don't like books in education. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I loved yours. I really did. So uh, that's, you know, you guys put out a great, great piece of um, work there. So James, you know, we, we talked before the break that there's this knowing doing gap. And I just, I'd love for you to unpack that for the ruckus maker who's listening. Yeah, I think, I think there's two levels there to think about. Um, the, the first level uh, that we've sort of discovered is that, you know, the, the social emotional, the SEL movement has become quite pronounced, but it's always something that we do to the level below us, right? We, as leaders, we think, well, you know, those teachers need it or those, those students need it. And so we, we try to do things for them, but we never do things for us. And so it's this sort of push down level because it's like, well, I, I don't need that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at this. I think the other level into this or the other aspect into this is this idea that like none of this stuff is new under the sun. I mean, this has been around for 2000 years. I mean, you go back to Plato, Aristotle, they were talking about virtues and goodness and how to be a good human being. And yet, 2,000 years later, we have still bad people in the world. We still have leaders who scream and yell at people. We have bad models out there. And I think that has a lot to do with the, this idea of a knowing-doing gap in that we have book after book. We have course after course. We have everything under the sun in which we can learn the knowledge. But until you figure out actually how to use it and apply it in practice and learn from that, you're never going to be good at this. And so I think it takes a level of intentionality. It takes intent to actually be vulnerable enough to, you know, to use a diagnostic like ours or somebody else's and say, I'm not very good at this. And I need to figure out what that looks like and figure out a deliberate practice plan. Uh, that, that's part of our book is we actually have a deliberate practice plan uh, that you can actually go through and say, I need to get better at um, my self-confidence or I need to get better at taking somebody else's perspective. And here's how I'm actually going to practice that. And here are the context. Because again, as Randy said earlier, you know, we found that, that, that principles don't have a lot of the time to do these things, right? But again, if you have a practice plan and know that your full day is an opportunity, it is your playground to practice in, then you can actually pick off one of these things and say, every time I meet a teacher, I'm going to work on taking their perspective today. Every single time I do that. And at the end of the day, I'm going to take a couple minutes, reflect upon that, see what I did well, what I didn't do well, and do it again tomorrow and do it again tomorrow. That's how we get better at things. 
You know, and what I'd say to that too, James, is uh, to reframe your your question. Like it's you don't you don't have the time not to do this, right? Honestly, and and the reality of a modern school leader is that it's 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 a very fast pace, always changing, can be chaotic in many respects. It's like playing whack a mole. But what have you really done though? Besides, cross some things off the to do list. Is did you really create? value for the organization, you know, and did you really create a space, an environment, a culture that you're just super proud of and doing the stuff that you all talk about, like that is the path and you could do it in five minutes. I have an end of the day journal routine that I always do. It literally only takes five minutes. And that's been one of the things that has helped me grow the most because of that little micro commitment every single day, the consistency I play the same song, Take Five by the Dave Brubeck <laughs> Quartet. So I'm like, I've trained myself like a Pavlov dog. You know, that's going to come on in a bar and I'm going to start journaling on somebody's back. I know it. But uh, but it's such a great use of my time. So Ruckus Maker listening, you are worth it. Your community's worth it. Give the gift of five minutes to yourself, to your community. Everybody wins when you get better. So uh, Randy, let, let me throw a question your way. You know, I think a lot of times SEL just, it has, you know, just misunderstandings all around it, right? And and could you share with our listener what some of those common misconceptions might be? Sure, sure. So SEL is often immediately associated as something that's touchy and feeling, warm and fuzzy. And that is, that may be true, depending upon what someone means by those words, in some cases, emotions and relationships are core to the work, but it's not all that. And, and for me, the example that I always point to as, as um, illustrating this is goal setting, which is directly connected to self-efficacy. And as, as I think James and I say, every opportunity we're given, it might be, relatively speaking, the easiest or certainly one of the easiest SEL skills to teach because it's fairly antiseptic, right? There's plenty of free lesson plans on how to teach what a good goal is, how to write one, how to monitor it, how to revise it. And yet that's not something that if we ask, at least in our experience, if we ask educators or leaders to, to name SEL skills, that one doesn't come up. And so that's not necessarily educators' fault because I think the the mainstream educational narrative is this is warm and fuzzy and it's extra and it's it's something you need to do on top of academics. But we would argue that is not not at all the case. Awesome. And I know that you guys use this book with your teams too. And can you just can you bring us to a moment that you're working on an exercise or reflection and activity? And what does that look like, you know, using it with the team? What was the value you saw and that kind of thing? Yeah, so we, we've got a couple um, organizations that, that we are supporting with this. And um, again, basically what, what we do is we come in like the first 15 minutes of a, of a team meeting. Uh, we'll do just a little quick breath work to get people centered and, and focused on the day. Uh, we'll kind of reorient them to, you know, the why this is important. And then basically we go into one of the prompts. We'll give them, you know, five minutes, uh, just like they would at school to, to write about it. And again, the way that the prompts are set up is that, you know, we have a, we have a quote 
or we'll have a, you know, one of the skills, we'll have a quote, um, and then we'll have sort of a, a journal prompt. And again, there's only four lines of journaling. So again, it doesn't, you know, you're not writing huge paragraphs. So they, they journal a little bit on that. And then we have a, a gratitude prompt list, one thing you're grateful for. And then uh, we have a feelings wheel inside. And again, what we're trying to do is get people to sort of locate their uh, emotions, which again is a very research-based, effective way for emotional regulation, right? If I can, if I can label that I'm angry, then I can tend to, you know, regulate that. Or if I'm happy, I can regulate that. So we'll give them those five minutes and then we'll just do a quick debrief. Um, and, and trying to get teams into this idea to say that this is an okay thing to talk about. And again, usually because it's new with leadership teams, it's it, it's a, it, it's a little more vulnerable than probably what they're used to. But again, what you'll see over time is is um, you know there's no reaction to it. There's nothing. We just let people you know talk about it, and then we'll close off, and then we'll you know we'll be done and come back the the next week. So again, just trying to model that process that we're using that that a principal could use uh, by themselves every single day to again just just answer the prompt. Think about it. Think about their gratitude. Think about where they are, their emotional state that day, and then boom, move on with their day. Danny, we were doing this work um, recently with a school leader. This is this is the person who sits at the top of the organization um, with a group of about nine other folks who are below this person in the organization. And the, the leader in response to a prompt about accurate self-perception, so how accurate is your self-perception and how do you know, chose to share that the prompt caused this person to think about whether or not they were surrounded by truth tellers or, or not. And it only took 45 seconds for this person to articulate that, but that's a big impact statement. And so while we didn't facilitate the potentially five-hour conversation that could follow on what's, what's going on there and how does the leadership team feel about this, it got out there. And so now that's something that that leadership team can choose to engage with or not. And that happened in less than five minutes. So this five-minute notion, it, it's, not, it's not a gimmick. If it's nothing or five minutes, sometimes within those five minutes, big revelatory statements, honesty, truth, vulnerability can and will come out. And that creates opportunities that otherwise may never exist for the school team. Exactly. And again, you know, love what you guys put out with the Daily SCL Leader. And uh, John Doors, somebody who I admire, wrote uh, Measure What Matters, you know, talk about OKRs. He said ideas are easy, execution's everything. I just want to thank you both for helping uh, the reader of your book to actually execute. Uh, I'm a I'm a bit jealous as a creator. I'm like, man, I, I need to create a book that stinking practical. So <laughs> you really you really you really knocked it out of the park. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, I love to ask my guests the same um, last two questions, so uh, you guys won't be dodging this one either. So let's start with you, James. If you could put a message on all school marquees around the world for a single day, what message would you put out there? I would put this statement. The bottom line is all one thing. Hmm. The bottom line is all one thing. Do you want me to explain that? or uh, That's up to you. If you want to let the listener sit with the tension or you can unpack it. I don't, I could go either way. I'm fine. 
Yeah. So, so just quickly, um, what, what we mean by that is if you think about any school organization, um, our, our firm belief is that it's not just about kids who are developing, but it's also the, the adults, right? And so the bottom line in my mind is this idea that we are developing human beings, whether you're six years old or 60 years old, is everyone should be in that organization to develop. And so I think what's happened across America is that we've sort of divorced that idea is that we have all this academic pressure over here. And then, oh, by the way, if you turn out to be a good human, that's pretty good. But to me, the bottom line is actually about human development um, and continued human development. So that's what it means in my mind. The bottom line is all one thing. Makes sense. And Randy, what would you put on your marquee? I'm going to go with do more with your dissatisfaction. Love it. Do more with your dissatisfaction. Cool. Well, the, uh, the last question I love to ask guests has to do with building your dream school. So if you could build your dream school and you had no limitations regarding resources, your only limitation was your imagination, how would you build your dream school? Now, this question will be a bit different because usually I ask for like three priorities, you know, that you might add. But since there's the two of you, if you could both just offer one priority building that dream school, what would it be? Well, I, uh, I mean, d- definitely you would create an organization in which the emphasis is on continued development of all aspects of, of your life, uh, whether it's academic, social, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever that would be. Um, all aspects of that are, are ripe and game for continued development. So, yeah, it would, it would not just be the focus on students who are growing, but everybody's growing um, simultaneously. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking in a similar vein. I, I immediately sort of popped up one level that that dream school would be staffed with adults who came out of a system that trained them to make decisions based upon love for all kids. Awesome, guys. Well, my last question, uh, I'm going to flip a coin. So, Randy, you'll be heads and James, you'll be tails. And uh, I'm really nervous. I'll actually drop the coin. So, we'll see what happens. We won't tell. And it is it is heads. So, uh, Randy, you'll get the last word. Randy and James, thank you so much uh, for being my guest on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. We covered a lot of ground. So, if there's just one thing a ruckus maker to remember, what do you want that to be? I think it's it's this notion of leaders. You can be more agentic. You do not have to buy into the narrative that says you must be busy, that says that you can't be wrong, and that when you choose to buy into these things and let other people take what might otherwise be your power, you're making a very costly decision, ultimately, for children. And so our hope is that we can support in a very small way leaders fight against a system that's not designed to support them to easily make what ought to be no-brainer decisions. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. 
you can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.